0: All right, you ready? Ready. Okay. From the Franklin House in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, this is the Pick 8 Podcast. My name is Smitty, and my special guest today is Tim Murray. Um, I'll, let, I'll let Tim describe a little bit how we know each other in a second, but I'm just going to say that I haven't done this in almost two years. Uh, COVID things, apathy-related things. Um, I'll just kind of put a pause on it. And so, uh, so I have this week of work off and I have scheduled a bunch and it's fun to, to like, I've gone back and re-listened this a couple of episodes. It's fun to think ahead about the people I have planned and the questions. Um, so anyway, it's good to have the podcast back, Tim, uh, little bit how we know each other, um, and any little thing you want to share about yourself, but yeah, yeah. So I think uh,
1: I moved to Sioux Falls about 15 years ago to date Mel, who's my wife now. And I think even before I moved here, I met, I remember, I think in one evening, I met Smitty, Mitch, and Fritz. Mm. And it was a while before I could keep everybody straight. (laughs) I was like, wait, which one was? But but yeah, so we've known each other a decade and a half. And kind of woven between churches Mm -hmm. and friend groups and pool parties and... Mm -hmm. House remodeling projects mm-hmm. and all kinds of things. Funny of that. You share a birthday with my daughter, huh? you won the betting pool and she
0: was born. That's right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like, which date will she be born on? <laughs> so yeah, we've shared a lot of life. Yeah. In a lot of different contexts. Uh-huh. And I'm proud of you. This is awesome.
0: Oh, uh, this is fun. Yeah. Just brag on your Yeah. Your daughter a little bit. Heard she had her first high school cross country meet. True. Yeah, yesterday. Is that
1: right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, yesterday she was ninth grader in the middle of 50 other girls or something running okay at Keene park and she plays seventh and we're super proud of her yeah, yeah today she's like my back kind of hurts i wonder why and i was like maybe it's because maybe it's because of all the running yeah but yeah she's loving it she always kind of lopes along and i think why isn't she working harder but she's working hard she just looks kind of at ease when okay. she's doing it so yeah we're proud of her and she's yeah running
0: a lot yeah it's pretty fun yeah it's fun yeah you also did a bonus episode on this yeah you're the one that we met talked about logo stuff right so um yeah that's right i wanted to make sure and get you back for a not (laughs) not bonus uh, yeah regular one so yeah that's awesome yeah we're gonna jump into it okay uh you know the premise yeah i'm ready okay first question then do you have a story about a unique food or restaurant experience you've had? Yes. Okay. So before I moved here, I lived in
1: Barcelona for about four years, Barcelona, Spain. Mm. And every fall, they do this thing called a calçotada. Picture a green onion, but okay. like like as thick around as like a really big bratwurst. And as long as, I don't know, like... 12 to 14 inches. Oh, long. Then. And then they roast these things. Okay. They also roast like a ton of meat, but the way that they do it, like you can go to a fancy calcitada in a restaurant in the big city. And you know, it's like 45 or 50 euros a person. And it's really good. Yep. Part of the highlight is this sauce that they use. It's like, I think pine nuts or hmm. it's kind of a red sauce, really like mild spice, probably some garlic in it. But the sauce is really good. The calcotes are really good, even though they, You wouldn't think that roasted green onions would be that good, but they're amazing. (laughs) And so I went to one that was like in a fancy restaurant, but my favorite one was out in the country and these people's, you know, they have these like kind of country houses that have been in the family for generations and like looking out over rural Catalonia and a bunch of people that I met from the university, kind of like we would do a bonfire you know like a hot dog roast or something. But for them, it was Cal on this open grill and this big old house. And it was just like fall mm-hmm. on the Mediterranean. And it was just mm-hmm. really cool. Like one of my favorite memories of that place and that time mm-hmm. and really hard to duplicate. Like it's not yeah. like you can, like you couldn't very easily spin up a Thanksgiving dinner just like a Thanksgiving dinner. Mm-mm. The same thing is true of Cal like Especially in another country. Right. It's yep. the right time of year. It's the right, you know, obviously the foods are specific to that mm-hmm. place. And, so it's like one of those things that I think a lot of the things that we remember and value you can buy again or recreate yeah. if you wanted to. Right. But that's one of those things that feels like, oh, that would just like was a time and a place, and you can't
0: mm-hmm. recreate that setting. Right. That was a little tangent here. Like there was critique back when they first came up with audio recording. Yeah. Cause it was like, no, music is a particular place, a particular mm-hmm. spot that people were yeah where that particular song was sung yeah um so i don't know yeah i i like that a
1: lot i've been thinking about photography sure as like like when you take a photo you're sort of trying to recreate or you're putting a frame around a moment Mm -hmm. and trying to preserve it and capture it so that you can transmit or share your experience to somebody else just Mm -hmm. as you had it Mm -hmm. and of course you can't ever do that exactly but I feel like the goal of photography and yeah. audio recording is to like capture a thing as you experience it, so mm-hmm. that it's shareable as you or as close as possible to what you experience. Mm-hmm. There's lots of questions about is that good? Is yeah. it
0: possible? Right. <laughs> like how, and I, I don't think about it, but food is an art form. Yeah. Or the cutlery
1: realm. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, and trying to reproduce that. Yeah. To,
0: yeah, that experience of whatever the food was. Do you remember, was there any other sides? It's like side dishes?
1: Or maybe I mean, you don't remember. There must have been, but all I remember is the calcots, like these green onion things, yeah. maybe similar to a leek. Okay. Like tons of meat, like way more, you know, like bratwurst kind sure. of meats and like steak kind of grilled and then the sauce. Like that's that's all I remember yeah. as far as food. Yeah. I'm sure there was other stuff, but and I think there was beer and wine. Sure most good parties do. yeah <laughs> yeah and they that was one of the like they have these things called uh rums, okay which is like kind of like an it's like a jar but with an inverted funnel on the end huh. like a big it's almost like a flower vase with a funnel coming off it okay and the, the funnel comes to a point and you pour from the jar into your mouth but you don't touch your huh. you don't touch your mouth to the tip okay because it's a thing that you pass around okay and it's always hilarious cuz people will lose track of where the stream is and get it all over themselves. Sure. Or you forget to swallow cuz you're so focused on the yeah. pouring and so you get, yeah, it's like part game, part like serving dish.
0: <laughs> so how do
1: you stop it? You just tilt it back up. Oh, so like sure. when you tilt Never it mind. over it Okay, comes out. yeah, 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 okay. But yeah, it's like it's all glass and it's it's cool. It was always around as like a novelty, but that was mm-hmm. one of the few places I saw it like really used. Mm-hmm. It's Pretty fun. That's
0: cool. Question number 2. Yeah. Do you have a favorite toy or game that you had as a child?
1: I think probably there probably were other toys that I played with more or enjoyed more, but have since forgotten about. But the one that comes to mind is a game called Stratego.
0: Oh yeah. Board game. Yeah. Board Mm -hmm. game
1: that I used to like play with my dad a lot and my sisters, but mostly with my dad and we had an old, old, old game. that was like, you know, it didn't it wasn't hand painted, but like the printing is really old and like the little mm-hmm. figures are really like you know, it's got this red red side and the blue side, and they these little plastic tokens that you move in kind of a grid. And so you you are one team, you're like the blue team, and you're trying to invade the red team's mm-hmm. color and find this flag and not get blown up by the bombs. And but it's it's kind of a slow moving mm-hmm. strategy strategy. Yeah. Also like memory game, because you gotta you can't yeah. see which which pieces are which and so Played that all the time with my dad. In my mind, we played it all the time. We probably played it a handful of times. Yeah, and I still have the game that he that we used to use, the actual the actual game. So I play with my kids sometimes. So, oh, you do. Yeah, passed it down a little bit. Yeah. yeah, with mixed results. Sometimes they, if they beat each other, somebody always gets mad. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Like it's it's like a it's a zero sum. Like somebody's losing. If, yeah. If somebody's winning, somebody's losing. It's yeah.
0: like It's pretty fun. I think one time. So I remember playing that. Yeah, but it was always a, or almost always, like cousins. Yeah, situation, and I think like so, like you said, there's like this flag you're trying to get. Yeah, or trying to keep the other guy from getting. Right, and I think I just put it in like in the very front. Oh, no, <laughs> you know, it was no, a I very <laughs> quick <laughs> loss for me. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, not sneaky. Fun. Yeah, right. <laughs> you have to play it once to kind of get the objective. Mm-hmm. I think I really liked that game because of all the associations with playing with my dad and games totally. and, and there's something uh, really evocative about physical objects that have followed you for a long time. Mm-hmm. So like you pick up those pieces and there's like layers of memory mm-hmm. on that particular little illustration of a spy or that particular, like the way the box looks, you mm-hmm. know, it's funny. Like when I was a kid, I thought about the pieces in the game and how you played it. And now as adult, I look at it as a graphic designer. I'm looking at it and thinking like, how is this printed? Who illustrated this? Like what an interesting style choice to have, like, instead of the game, there's a picture of like a family playing the game, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it's like a, like they, they were marketing the experience to families Mm -hmm. and not necessarily the mechanics of the game Mm -hmm. to the players. I should take a picture of that thing. It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Number three, name three things. That you are thankful for, that start with the letter
1: B. Three things I'm thankful for that start with the letter B. You could be tricky and say the building that is my house. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But that seems like not the spirit of the (laughs) thing. Within the constraints, I don't have a lot of. Maybe I'll say building in general. Okay. Like Like the industry. No, the tool, like the the activity of building. Okay. Like I'm thankful that I enjoy. Yeah. Building things out of wood, out of, you know, stone or concrete if need be. But I really like being able to shape my environment. Yeah. Books. I would have to say books is a pretty big. I like that answer. Pretty big part of my life. I've always liked reading books and stories in general. Mm -hmm. Books were a friend and an escape in hard times and an inspiration, like a window into a larger world. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I enjoy designing books. Like I like being part of getting an author's story or thoughts into the wider world. Mm-hmm. So building books. Yeah. And Boston cream pies. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll say babies. So oh. Building books. Yeah. And babies. Yeah. Yesterday we had some friends. The Coffees had their, their baby was just born yesterday. Okay. And some other friends just adopted a baby. Yeah. Uh, Some friends in our church and then another couple in churches just had a baby. And so it's like, just there's lots of like new little lives coming Mm -hmm. into our life, which is really fun. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Thinking about the next generation and thinking about, I feel like babies can make you really angry or really like Mm. babies can bring frustration having Mm -hmm. raised five of them now. (laughs) Like there's moments where it's really difficult, but for the most part, I feel like babies bring out the best in... All of us, like my, mm-hmm. it's fun to watch my kids mm-hmm. respond to the needs of a baby. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, our baby is now 21 months old, but <laughs> when she falls over, it's just really fun to see the big kids drop what they're doing and be like, oh, summer. You Check okay. on her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it like keeps us humble, but also brings out the best in us.
0: Yeah. I mean, most people are on their best behavior. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just having an infant around, yeah. not even one they know. Yeah, it's true. I like it first thing that came to my mind was bees bees i thought i did think about (laughs) did you okay
1: i thought about bumblebees and biology and i thought about (laughs) like a bunch of random
0: yeah 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 Uh, okay you might already have this ability but i don't know it you're given the ability to sculpt are you a sculptor i know you do some art but i don't know not as far as
1: like i haven't done it very much okay
0: so I would welcome the ability. Okay. <laughs> you're you're given the ability to better sculpt. Yeah. <laughs> Describe a possible statue you would make. Or, mm-hmm. or do you need more input of like more specifics, where it's at, what it's representing, blah, blah, blah.
1: Maybe. There's two kinds of ways that I work. One is as an artist and one's as a designer. As an artist, you get to okay. make whatever you want and you are the only judge of whether that's like you're sort of your only guidepost mm. and as a designer you're always like you're tasked with making a thing for a purpose so as an artist if i were going to
0: sculpt something like a person you said or right, well, describe the statue you would the create statue so i guess that's a person
1: yeah Hmm. i might i would probably reach into fiction nice because I like to imagine, put a face to a name, you know? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I wrote a children's book a while back Okay. about a robot character. Yeah. So I might, that might be my first inclination would be to
0: make a statue of that robot character. Have you drawn this character?
1: I have. Okay. Not very well. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I did a bunch of illustrations for the book, and it. I feel like the style of the, the robot wandered a little bit, and so I think... Okay. It might be nice to sculpt it in three dimensions and kind of uh-huh. think through what it looks like on purpose from all Are sides.
0: It, is it more of like a 1950s robot or more like a futuristic robot that's more human-like?
1: It's probably, it's humanoid. Okay. Like it's got a face where you'd expect a face and arms where okay. you'd expect arms. Okay. It's got a single wheel instead of oh, nice. feet. And like a control panel. So it's like pretty human
0: humanoid. Did you, did you watch McGee and me as a kid? No. Oh, is that that robot? <laughs> uh, uh, just the one wheel. Yeah. In my,
1: it's basically like the front fork of a bicycle <laughs> on the bottom of a human. Okay. Okay. <laughs> just about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's got some, you know, more
0: sophisticated sure, processing. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's, I would start there. So the 2025 Sculpture Walk, can yeah, we yeah. <laughs> magically place yeah. that downtown? That's yeah.
1: right. I got to name him too. Yeah. He had a couple names and I can't figure out which one to...
0: Is the book finished?
1: It is. I think, it is. I think the illustrations need to be reworked a little bit. Mm. And I think that the writing, I really like the story of it. I think the size of the book is a younger audience and the hmm. writing is for an older audience so i think i need to find some harmonies there
0: okay i'll let you read it i'll send it yeah. over <laughs> that'd be fun yeah are there any quote unquote rules that you think need to be broken like are there things that are just like whether that's a one time or is it like no always do this even though yeah society might say the opposite So it could be like a real law if you want. Yeah. Or it could just be like a social social norm or you can punt this one. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I don't know if it's a rule. I think in general with with raising kids, like you're always trying to figure out, like you want to keep your kids safe. Mm -hmm. And a lot of keeping kids safe means like controlling the dangers that they're exposed Mm -hmm. to, you, you know? But a lot of my favorite memories are, leaving my house Mm -hmm. and walking back into the woods Mm -hmm. to follow this creek either with my sister or with my dog or both or my dad Mm -hmm. and just wandering forever you know what felt like forever Mm -hmm. and it felt like we were miles from home but probably you could you know probably one mile (laughs) but i don't know if it's quite a rule but like i think there's some value in getting lost Mm -hmm. or and kind of exploring the edges of the map, like mm-hmm. going outside of your known known territories. And I think for our kids, like when I think about, like we live in the middle of Central Sioux Falls, and there's not a lot of check that there's no unexplored territory anywhere near. All right. Because every every corner you go to, somebody lives there, mm-hmm. somebody's familiar with it. But even so, it's unknown to them. And so I think letting them like. Again, there's the tension of like. You can't just let your six-year-old daughter wander <laughs> wherever she wants to go right. because of the world is a broken place. There's lots of dangers. Yeah. But I I also want to find ways for them to sort of explore and find totally. things that are new to them and feel like they're off the map, you know?
0: I feel like that's why summer camps are so hmm. formative for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, that's a great
0: insight. Um it feels like the wilderness right like uncharted territory Mm -hmm. and like there's no way my parents did something like this (laughs) yeah yeah i think that's that's (laughs) even though they did right but you don't know that right yeah yeah there's
1: something really valuable in coming back to your parents with knowledge that they don't have yeah because usually that goes the other direction i remember ramona had a dream she's six now but she had a dream and she was telling us about it over breakfast she was like and then we went into the building and and then what happened, Dad? <laughs> like, she just assumed that <laughs> because every in every other arena of her life, I know all the things. Yeah, and so she was like, you remember. she just couldn't imagine that this yeah. story happened <laughs> to her and nobody else knew about it. Yeah. you like, like, this one's on you. Yeah, I don't know, bud. But summer camp or, you know, those experiences yeah. like that where like the kids have gone out and like excavated new knowledge and brought that uh-huh. into the family and said like, hey, here's the thing nobody knew but me except now yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. I'm not sure that quite answers the spirit of your question, but I mean, the rule is keep your kids safe at all costs. And so the rule that I would break is like, not quite expose them to danger, but but sort of relax the grip enough mm-hmm. that they might get a little hurt mm-hmm. or might, you know, and everybody has different tolerances for different kinds mm-hmm. of risk. One parent might be fine with social risks, but not mm-hmm. physical risks. And another might be fine with like, physical risks and like not want you know their kids feelings to get hurt Mm -hmm. you know like there's like we're all different different tolerances for different types of risks i think that's a
0: good one (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. do you know the last thing or event that made you cry
1: i think it was even like yesterday oh nice or the day before i don't think i like the, the last time i remember crying crying was a while ago sure but the last time i teared up yep was a couple of days ago reading a like this goofy cartoony book toy. okay i think i was reading it to the summer who is 21 months and didn't understand anything and ramona who's six months or six years old and understood it just fine mm-hmm. but it was just a, a little like in the middle of the story there's this these two characters who have a falling out mm-hmm. they're both cats <laughs> mm-hmm. and they uh they have a falling out and then toward the end of the book they like reconcile and one comes back and like saves the other one mm-hmm. and like it's not like a great piece of literature mm-hmm. and it's not like a surprisingly new plot point you know but just the the things that were captured in that little moment just made just struck me as mm-hmm. like oh that's like a beautiful thing yeah like, have a reconciliation to an old friendship to have one person or cat in this case, <laughs> <laughs> like give up some safety mm-hmm. for the sake of someone else just because they love them. You know, I think there's lots of things that even if you're not consciously aware of it, your brain is doing some metaphors or analogies to like things that you know about. Yeah. or You know, your, your brain is making some analogy between the two cats Mm -hmm. on the the car and like some situations in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the two days ago or yesterday.
0: Yeah. And I get it. You're there with your two daughters that inevitably will have a falling out with a friend. Yeah. And so part of it's like your experiences of being around broken friendships. Yeah. Slash knowing theirs are coming. Right. Or maybe have already happened. Yeah. You know, I could, I can see how, in the midst of a silly story, that yeah, that would get to me.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Like you, like, like you know, they're reading the same story with me. One of them doesn't have access to as much language, but yeah, even Ramona understands the story perfectly, but doesn't have. She doesn't know what it looks like for an old friendship yeah. to get broken, or for an old like marriage or a relationship or like yeah, sibling friendship. You know, like. They don't have a sense of what it looks like for those things to get lost and then mm-hmm. restored. They're reading the same plot points, but they don't have the depth of experience to mm-hmm. make those feel heartbreaking. Even though it's two cats, <laughs> you know. I love it, man. That's that's great. Like I said, I like stories and books. Like.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite teacher? Hmm. Either current. Yeah guess that's kind of a broad term yeah. or more traditional teacher from from growing up. Yeah.
1: There's one teacher whose name I don't remember and I feel bad every time I think about it that I don't know her name. But And is this
0: Missouri? Where are we? Yeah, this was in Missouri. Okay.
1: It would have been second grade or third grade. Okay. Because we moved when I was we moved after my third grade year, so I was old enough that I could read and loved reading. mm mm-hmm. Mhm and old enough that I should have been able to do a page of math problems, mm-hmm. but couldn't. I like, couldn't get my brain, that was before I knew about ADD like, or ADHD, I couldn't get my brain to like walk down a row of problems. And this teacher basically took me out in the hall and said, "Okay, listen, I know that it's hard for you to do this. And I don't remember her exact words, but the gist was, hmm. I know you're having a hard time and I know that you can do it if you really try. So tell you what, if you can finish a page of math problems, And i don't remember what the deal was exactly if it was once a week or once a day or whatever you can pick out any book you want on my shelf and you can have it it can be your book yeah and there's probably you know a shelf full of paperbacks that she had and so i don't remember i feel like all the details (laughs) which book i picked if i ever picked a book out if i ever did another math problem i don't know but that i remember that conversation in the hallway i think because somebody saw that i was capable saw that i was having a hard time mm-hmm. knew that knew me well enough to know that i loved to read and was trying to put all of those pieces together in a way that would help me learn mm-hmm. and help me like thrive and mm-hmm. pursue the things that would ultimately be in my best interest but that i couldn't do on my own you know and so like i said i can't remember her name <laughs> and i don't remember what grade it was and i don't remember any of the specifics about the rest of that conversation but like i think of her as a really good teacher mm-hmm even though I didn't
0: do her the honor of remembering her name. Yeah. I mean, that's what any good teacher, coach, parent. Yes, you have your directive and things that you want, but then being able to cater it to the individual kid or other person.
1: Right. I heard somebody say that a coach is somebody who makes you do the things you don't want to do to get the results that you want to get. Yeah. (laughs) And I, I feel like... So it's almost like a coaching scenario but it's almost also like a design problem like she was like using the the known facts of the situation to achieve some outcome okay so she's like like designing a solution and people mm. pe- people talk about design as creativity in service to some purpose or in service to some other human interest or or well-being so I feel like that Like she took a lot of, she took all the components and creatively assembled them Mm -hmm. in a way that would help me thrive, which I think is just a a great way to be a human. It's a great way to be a teacher. And I hope that's what I'm doing with my kids and my (laughs) design projects Mm -hmm. and friendships, you know.
0: Are you teaching any classes? I'm not right now. I taught for
1: three years at Augustana, just part-time as, uh, while they were between full-time teachers. Okay. So this is my first semester in a while, not teaching. Okay. I miss it. I think You do miss, miss it. it. Yeah. Okay. I think classes start this coming week, maybe, for Augustana. Yeah, I really enjoy the mentorship aspect of it. Okay. I enjoy like helping people see things in new ways. I think mm-hmm. that's really fun. Maybe I'll get back to it someday.
0: Yeah. I don't even know. I think we're on like seven. Now that I'm not in order. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. Th- three left. All right. Eight, nine, ten. Yeah. And I will say Do you have a favorite specific spot in your home? So not a room, like even more specific, and that could be for like remodel reasons. That could be memory.
1: I I escape. Yeah, (laughs) it's not really a place that you can be. But my favorite spot in our house is probably like visually, and also. just as part of the institution that is our house, mm-hmm. I think it's my favorite. So our house is a 1918 old house with old bones and mm-hmm. plaster and lath. You yep. know all about I understand. <laughs> yeah, cracked plaster and like there's just a lot of quirks and personality and little little odd moments that happen in the house. But mm-hmm. right in our front room there was uh, a coat closet. So right in our front room there was a coat closet that we don't we didn't plan to really use as a coat closet and so we thought is this on the back door or front door in the front door okay so okay our back door has become our functional front door like the only one right we, the one we use the most is the back door yeah. but that's our, probably most people yeah it's just right off the driveway right? so you yeah. park your car and you walk in there and right but now most of our friends visit and come to the back door because mm-hmm. that's where we're gonna be mm-hmm. okay so right in our front, front room okay. in this old. 1918 house, there was a coat closet that didn't have any doors or it had some like louvered weird doors, and we we're going to take those off anyway. Mm-hmm. And we also had a ton of books to get to put somewhere. And so we thought, what if we made this little coat closet that's, you know, just barely big enough for a normal size door uh, into a library? So I built two freestanding bookshelves and put those in the end walls of this little coat closet and then put boards between them. So basically, we have a built in three-walled library Mm -hmm. in this coat closet right off Mm -hmm. our living room. We hung a lamp that sits right in it. I'll send you a picture because it's pretty, like the visual of it is pretty cool Mm because you look in, it's just like wall-to-wall books with a light and a little kind of shrine to um, a couple books right in the middle. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so what I like about it is that our philosophy was you could read anything you could reach. So like all the kids books, uh, like board books and picture books are down at the bottom. Yeah. Ones that are pretty sturdy and can handle some, you know, small people mm-hmm. shaking around. And then like, as you get taller, there's like, you know, adventure books, and mm-hmm. picture books and chapter books. And you know, the higher, the higher up side of it is like adult novels and reference books and mm-hmm. things that kids wouldn't be interested in or like, wouldn't be ready to read. Mm-hmm. And so it's just really dense, Like I like it because it's a really functional use of that space. And it's Mm -hmm. also like in our living room, we don't have a TV, but we do have this like really rich library. Mm -hmm. So visually I like the way it looks because it's got a light in there. And so when all the other lights are off, that whole thing just glows. And then as far as the function of the house, I like that we have such easy access to lots of books Mm -hmm. for everybody in the house. you know. And it's just a really, like we have a coat closet at the back door where we actually, have coats to take mm-hmm. off and stuff like a, it's like it is a really great great like re- reclamation of that space so it's useful yeah i like that it says that books are for reading for everybody mm-hmm. and visually aesthetically i just really like the way that that little library glows you know
0: is it limited space where you have to like like oh i want to add this book but because i'm adding a book i have to remove a book yes, or not quite it should be
1: <laughs> <laughs> right now if you look at it, there's all the books that are full, and there's like books like sideways on top of some of them. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah, So there's there is kind of an ongoing curation of like ah nobody's reading this one or yeah. this is actually like even the children's books like this. There's not much redeeming about the story or the art or the you know mm-hmm. like just because a book is nonsense doesn't mean we would take it off the shelf. But it's like if it's just kind of silly or kind of cliche or obvious we might pull it out of circulation and donate it Mm -hmm. (laughs) or throw it away if it's that bad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, but yeah, it, it it should be an ongoing sort of curated (laughs) collection. Yeah. My favorite books that I read growing up were ones that I pulled off my parents' shelf that they didn't didn't think to give me. Yeah. They weren't like keeping it from me, but like nobody was like, I didn't go to them and say, Hey, what should I read? Right. I went to the bookshelves and pulled things off. that looked interesting Mm -hmm. and read a page or two and put it back or, Mm -hmm fell into the rabbit hole and mm-hmm. like, read all of the, you know, books by that author that I could find on their shelves. And so I love having this library that is ready for the kids similar. Whenever yeah. they find a book that, that catches their interest. Yeah. There's always way more books than there mm-hmm. is shelf. <laughs> and some people in our house would like to keep it <laughs> out. We like to eliminate <laughs> books. And some people in our house would like to build more bookshelves. Yep. And so far not come down either way. That's right. It <laughs> is piled up. An ongoing discussion. Yeah. We check out books at the actual public library all uh-huh. the time too. Yep. Especially the ones that you're like, we don't really need to own that one. It's not like the kind of book that you read over and over, but some of those books have, you know, we went out and bought a copy after mm-hmm. we read it for a couple of times. But mm-hmm. yeah, the Murray Home Library, my favorite spot in the house. Yeah. It's a good question.
0: It sort of dovetails into the next question, yeah. which is, Um, Do you have any quotes that you have found particular memorable or inspiring? I guess it wouldn't have to come from a book.
1: Um, My current favorite quote
0: is a little long for me to recall word for word, but it it goes something like, it's
1: Mark Twain. Okay. And what he said was, there's no such thing as a new idea. It's impossible. Hmm. We simply take these old ideas and combine them. It's like a kaleidoscope that you turn and turn indefinitely and you come up with these new combinations. But it's the same pieces of colored glass that have been in use for centuries. Right. That's essentially the quote. Yep. I really like that because a lot of you know, I work as a graphic designer and so, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody says, Hey, make a logo that has a circle in it. And you're like, Oh, that's like that's impossible to do new because there's so many logos with circles. Right. But you make new things out of the old things. Yeah. So like everybody's got access in the English language to the same 26 letters and you've got access to the same words in the dictionary unless you make up one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you've got access to the same colors and the same basic shapes. Music,
0: there's only, there's a limited number yeah, of notes. Right. Yeah,
1: so it's like, and there can be a lot of pressure to design something or create something or write something that's brand new and never been seen. You know, Mm-hmm. you don't want to copy from other people, but like try to tell a new story and you'll find yourself coming up with a lot of versions of stories that you've already Mm -hmm. heard you're like what if there's these (laughs) these two friends that uh one's a screw up and one's got his life together and you know they they and you're like telling the story of the town mouse and the country mouse Mm -hmm. or you're telling the story of like dumb and dumber are you telling the story of neither of those are great fits for what i just described but but like all the stories have been told so like how do you tell a new story probably it looks like right combining some things that everybody's familiar
0: but with. in a different context
1: yeah and yeah like i was telling somebody
0: the other day like i'm working on a, a
1: master's in fine arts right now and okay like the, the challenge at the end of it at the end of a master's program you write a thesis mm. so you write like some piece of scholarship or research that is supposed to be new like contributes to the industry or contributes to the school of thought something that hasn't been done before okay but the challenge with that is like every topic that you're like, oh, maybe I'll write about this. You like mm-hmm. <laughs> climb a little yeah. way up that hill and you find like four other flags are already planted yeah. on top of the hill. The the challenge is like, how do you make make a new contribution to a field that's pretty crowded or pretty, um, you know, there's just a lot of thought that has already gone into every field of human yeah. <laughs> research and expertise.
0: I've never been through that. Are there uh, collegiate? libraries that you can like search different topics to see what dissertations have been made or on particular subjects or how do you how do you know what hasn't been
1: yeah discussed i think some of it is just you know you start like i've been reading a book about storytelling okay and so as you're reading this book on storytelling it's it's specifically from a christian perspective how we like make sense of our stories by Mm -hmm. telling our stories and you sort of actually my uh, my brother-in-law Dave gave it to me okay a while back for a birthday I think okay but the um the idea is that as you tell your story or as you sort of think through your life story and kind of make a story or like tell it as Mm -hmm. you tell that story you sort of are making sense of how it you're providing some narrative structure or finding a narrative structure yeah discovering that structure has been there in a way that you didn't understand. So, anyway, as, as I'm reading this book, I'm like coming across names that they quote in those books. Okay. And so, I'm reading some of those books and then like I finding see. names in those books. And so, it's sort of like you start getting interested in a topic and then you just keep finding more resources about yeah, yeah, yeah. those ideas. And, you know, going back to the Mark Twain quote, like some of that is like they're talking about storytelling. And I'm interested in storytelling, but I'm also interested in graphic design and visual mm-hmm. storytelling. And mm-hmm. so, I'm thinking of there's a whole range of graphic design that is teaching or explaining concepts, and so okay. a lot of visual metaphors come into play. I mean, you think of a map that's sort of a m- metaphor, symbolic representation of a
0: country or a place. Okay, so not like they're geographical boundaries. Yeah,
1: well, it's sort of like I mean, if you look at a map of the city, oh, okay, you, you might you if you think that them like there's a saying that the map is not the terrain. So like if you look at a map of Sioux Falls, and there's a bunch of red lines and blue lines, mm-hmm. you might go out into the world and be like, where's all the red lines sure. and blue lines? So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the map is representing, by way of analogy, yeah. this land yeah. or this area of the world. And it's not even all the area, it's just representing the roads or mm-hmm. sort of like the the sort of uh, built environment on top of a bunch of land. Yeah. And so all that to say, like, I think the things that are new are those new combinations like okay. I'm taking this idea of storytelling and I'm taking this idea of design and visual representation of other things as like a visual sort of storytelling and then thinking about what, is it, what does it look like to think of a graphic designer telling a visual story and basically like putting all those things in the kaleidoscope and turning it a little mm-hmm. bit and seeing like how do these line up or what what new yeah. insights are there and so there are, there are in, in answer to your question, there are like libraries of other theses and people's research okay. that they've written that you can look up. But it's almost, I think it might be more helpful to just sort of pursue curiosities along yeah. a thread and just see where it takes me. Sure. I think if you try to find the white, like the empty space between all the but other, you'd be like, oh, there's nothing. <laughs> there's know. a gap there for yeah, a reason. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah, you just find like this like, continuum a smear of like oh these guys kind of talked about that and this like kind of bleeds into that so when i was saying that you climb every hill you climb you already find like four flags planted there yeah the thing that you add new in some ways is that those flags have been there for a while and the world has changed plus those flags weren't your flag or your perspective so Mm -hmm. you know not that my perspective is that much better than anyone else's but it is different because i sit where i sit Mm mm-hmm Every human has their own take on every mm-hmm. topic, just right. like a Twitter, everybody. Like that. Yeah, but yes, so ad, the idea is adding something new that is new because it's happening now from me, rather than mm-hmm. nobody's ever thought these thoughts before. Right. Yeah. So check in with me in a, a year. I'll okay, <laughs> I'll tell you if I came up with anything. Tim Murray three. Part Two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, it might be about that. It might be about about three
0: other things yeah yet. say the quote one more time the twain quote yeah
1: it's something like you remember my friend josh smith from smith and smith he's a printer runs notable press here in town i don't know if i do hmm you guys should meet like from
0: like birthday party or something yeah probably yeah
1: so that that quote again as near as i can remember is there's no such thing as a new idea it's impossible we simply take a lot of old ideas and combine them in new ways. It's like a kaleidoscope. We turn and turn and turn indefinitely and come up with new combinations, but it's the same pieces of colored glass that have been in use for all the centuries. Mm-hmm. Something along those yeah. lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the cool thing is, I, I think that idea could be really it could sound really pessimistic or fatalistic. Like sure. there's no there's no I mean like the book of Ecclesiastes, like of the making of many books, there is no end, there's nothing new under the sun. And I think that's true in one sense. And I also think the combinations and the turning and the like, the experience of those things are new. Like every time you look uh-huh. through a kaleidoscope, you might see uh-huh. a new thing, but you're also a new person looking through that kaleidoscope. Like you're experiencing it new and anybody you show it to is a new, like there's a new combination of art or idea and receiver of idea.
0: And you could choose to be pessimistic about that. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Seen one of these, seen them all. Right. But nobody,
1: I mean, unless you're like, heart is made of stone. (laughs) I don't think anybody looks through a kaleidoscope and says, meh. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like like when you look through it, you're like, oh, that's an interesting, like that's the same stuff I was looking at, but it's like presented in a new, interesting way. Like any age.
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's funny. I've been thinking about that quote for a long time now, but I hadn't thought much about the actual kaleidoscope, like yeah. what the actual experience yeah. of a kaleidoscope is. Right. And even though you know it's the same piece as the colored glass, it's a little bit of wonder and at least like a little lift, you know, like, oh, that's kind of a cool shape that mm-hmm. nobody's ever seen until now but me. Right. You know. Good job, Mark Twain. <laughs> you should be a writer. <laughs> Do something with your life. <laughs> and he's a
0: Missouri guy. And he's what? Missouri? Missouri? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Good stock. There you go all right i see you brought your phone with you yeah are you able to find a whether it's your funniest picture on there or a funny one that you could (laughs) uh find and then we could discuss funny picture
1: yes probably this one i recently finished a project for one of my favorite clients okay very demanding we've been talking about this project for about probably six months. Every time I'm working on something else, this little client comes into my wood shop and says, daddy, can you make me a guitar? (laughs) (laughs) That is an important client. And every time I say, Oh, that sounds really like a good idea. it will be hard to do. And it won't sound very good because I am not a luthier. (laughs) (laughs) So this is probably that picture that is the most recent, the funniest.
0: You can oh, wow. it
1: in your show notes. But. Okay. So it the picture is Ramona, yep. age six, curly hair, floral dress, big smile, holding as the proud owner of a new two by four guitar.
0: With string and nails, is it?
1: Yeah, it's got some screws. Or screws. Okay. It's got three screws at the top, three screws at the bottom. I took a hole saw and cut a hole like halfway through the two by four. And then chiseled out the rest and then made a little bridge and it's got some rubber bands strung between three construction screws. Is it all tunable? Uh, a little, okay. You can like add loops to either side of the, of the screw on the top there. Yeah. So you can like add more tension to either side of the, you know, it's got three rubber bands. So So that would tighten or loosen the
0: the string. Okay. Yeah.
1: So it looks like six strings, three rubber bands. It mostly sounds like a lot of flopping. <laughs> <laughs> it does not get anything that sounds like tone or pitch. Yeah, and you sure couldn't play like "Mary Had a Little Lamb." Yeah. on it, maybe that. But, but yeah, so that's my very demanding client. <laughs> but,
0: Did you whip that out in a day? Or
1: I mean, that was that was like half an hour. Okay, but, real but quick. It, it plays like a half-hour guitar. So. <laughs> But she really likes it. And she was like, instantly, she's like, okay, can we make one for Charles now? And I was like, okay. <laughs> Her cousin Charles also wants a guitar. And I I temporized by saying, let's let's play with this one and work on the design a little bit yeah. and see if we can get it to sound better. And then once we figured out the prototype, yeah, yeah, yeah. then we'll start mass producing. Beta, beta version, yeah. 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 So she's, she was thrilled with it and also instantly had lots of questions about the next one
0: that's awesome yeah and cool. her and charles charles is my godson yeah so like they are buddies though they are yeah like, it's pretty cool
1: they mostly get along like siblings sure.
0: and occasionally fight like siblings
1: sure it's pretty great yeah yeah it's fun to see them grow up and have like a counterpart who's so close eh, i agree they live like four blocks from us and so we see a lot of them It's great pretty cool so if there's any guitar makers out there who wanna look at my two by four guitar and give me
0: some Yeah, pointers. That's right. <laughs> They're gonna say don't use a two by four. <laughs> like don't ever ask this man to make it a guitar. Yeah, right. <laughs>
1: Stick to building
0: walls. Yep. Um, I always try to give the guests. Yeah. Like if you want to bounce any of those back at me. Or I, if I don't know if you have one in your head or yeah. or none. If none of them like
1: I was gonna ask about your favorite quote or recent. Are there any quotes that have been mm, bouncing around your head lately?
0: Yeah. Um I do. This has probably been bouncing around for a couple of years. Yeah. And I think it was Tertullian, which is one of the ancient church leaders. Yeah. I think it was him. And see if I can get the premise of the quote right. He's like, I've learned a lot in the wisdom of Aristotle. I value the knowledge of who did he say smaller like greek philosopher yeah yeah. i'm blanking on it so anyway i value the knowledge wisdom of the ancient my co greek philosophers yeah and he says but neither one of them has ever said to me come to me if you're weary and heavy laden Hmm. and the reason i like that is there seems to be a tension between faith and science yeah. And it's like no, there doesn't have to be mm-hmm. like like I value the modern sciences. Yeah. Right? And they're good. Mm-hmm. Um but they don't they don't come to me and say come to me if you're weary and heavy laden. Yeah. Which is specific to what the Christian faith right offers. Um so I think that's why. Yeah. That's it appeals cuz it's an old statement that's also Yeah could be very useful now it keeps ringing true yeah i think i came across it i came across it when i was also reading a book on evolutionary psychology yeah which is just like what yeah what is that i don't agree to all of this but it's fascinating that there's a field that's evolutionary psychology yeah um so that's like yeah i like the modern insights that we have but they don't answer this other question that yeah
1: I right so it might help you understand the world better but it doesn't give you a reason to live in it yeah <laughs> you know? yeah yeah last question for you what is your favorite spot in your
0: home oh boy and are we in it right now well currently <laughs> yeah because so i don't have air conditioning yeah in my house like central air yeah i have two window units mm-hmm. that this year i have both upstairs yeah but last week was scorching hot <laughs> and there's just no possible way to yeah. cool, cool up, the house right and so i so this is a part of my garage that i've um redone put up tons of insulation yeah. new drywall um an ac unit in this space like it gets to be the coolest temperature space yeah, sure. quickly uh and then i guess specifically in here Always just on the couch. Yeah. It usually it's been like I'm really tired after work. Yeah. It's like I'll take some air conditioning and some TV for a little while. Nice. So. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's a good space.